just before the start of the Second Vatican Council in 1962, Cardinal Giuseppe Siri offered some haunting insight as to what would come from the council. He wasn't exactly thrilled that the church was to hold a council at that time, and for good reason. Just a few short years earlier, Pius XII had been penning a papal encyclical to reject and correct the errors of the modernists in the vein of Pascendi. But he had passed away before he could get very far in that work. The situation in Rome was pretty well known in the Roman Curia at that time, with modernism being in ascension. Thus, Cardinal Giuseppe Siri predicted that there would be trouble and from what quarter when he said, quote, the trouble will come, as usual, from the French-German areas and the respective underbrush, because they have never entirely eliminated the Protestant pressure, end quote. And he was 100% correct, and in our time we are still seeing that today, with the German bishops being the source of much of our woes, except now their error has spread to the entire universal church, as we have seen with the Vatican endorsement of Holy Communion for unrepentant public sinners. This week has focused entirely on the issue of worthy reception of Holy Communion, and the stories are intertwined, as we shall see. Let's start in Germany, the land that has been a thorn in the side of the Church for several decades. The National Catholic Register is the print arm of EWTN, and they provide us with this story. Headline, Catholics and Protestants Share Communion at German Ecumenical Convention. Frankfurt's Cathedral of St. Bartholomew served as the site where Catholics and Protestants defied Church teaching against shared communion. Now, this story was authored by Edward Penton, one of the better journalists in the church today. This past Sunday, the clergy in two Catholic churches in that country and in two Protestant communities shared Holy Communion. The acolytes of Luther and Calvin received the Eucharist illicitly at the Mass, and Catholics illicitly partook of the symbolic bread and wine or grape juice at the Lutheran churches. Now, this has been brewing for some time, and various voices in the hierarchy, ranging from Cardinal Mueller to authorities in Rome, had said not to go ahead with this plan, but Bishop Botzing acted as de facto head of the church in Germany and pushed for the sharing of communion in contravention of church teaching. Mr. Penton provides us with the meat of the story here. Quote, Cardinal Gerhard Mueller, Prefect Emeritus of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, had earlier described the invitation as a provocation. Anyone who contradicts Catholic teaching and its binding interpretation by the Roman teaching office is no longer Catholic the Cardinal told the German press agency, DPA. The events followed comments last month from Bishop George Botzing, the president of the German Bishops' Conference, who told an online discussion in late April that anyone who is Protestant and attends communion can receive communion at the ecumenical event. We want to take steps towards unity, he said, adding that whoever believes in conscience what is celebrated in the other denomination will also be able to approach the altar and won't be rejected. He said the practice is already maintained up and down the country, and is actually nothing new. He later qualified his comments, saying that event would not be about intercommunion in a general sense, but about respecting an individual's conscience. He also stressed that there could be no joint celebration of the Mass by clergy at different denominations, and that the event would be ecumenically sensitive. Catholic Dean of the Frankfurt Cathedral, Father Johannes Zu Eltz, apologized to Protestants in his homily for having had to struggle on account of Catholic quote-unquote arrogance and efforts of demarcation. I ask forgiveness for this and thank you for your long-suffering, said Father Eltz, who in 2018 publicly said that the Church should back blessings for the James Martin topic. He urged churches to dissolve fossilization and leave behind fortresses of wanting to be right, according to a report in Catholish.de. 
kind of shared communion that took place in Frankfurt on Sunday is forbidden according to the magisterium of the church. End lengthy quote. There's a lot to unpack there. That priest, Father Johannes Zueltz, appears to have uttered heresy in his statement, as the concept that the church was in the wrong in its wrangling with Luther and Calvin is a stunner of an opinion for a Catholic priest to have. And sharing the Eucharist with those who do not profess belief in the real presence, theologically speaking, is beyond a schismatic act. It is one that demands that the Vatican and his bishops intervene. But that's the problem. They won't. The bishops of that country are practically all of one mind on this, and they have chosen to reject the timeless teaching authority of the church, and have decided to take part of the innovation and modernism. It's a sad state of affairs that this has happened, and it really shouldn't surprise us in the slightest, I mean, let's be real, but Cardinal Mueller's statement is the giveaway here. Mueller called the indifferent participation of quote-unquote Catholics at Protestant Last Supper services and of quote-unquote Protestants at a Mass, including communion, during the Ecumenical Congress in Frankfurt, Germany, as a provocation of the teaching authority of the Church. He said this, again, to something called the Deutsche Presse Agentur, explaining that no one can declare the contradictions between Protestant and Catholic core ideas to be irrelevant or ignore them. But his key statement here is that whoever among them that professes the Catholic faith but acts in that way has placed themselves outside the unity of the Church. And that is a strong statement. And it's one that needs to be made. But unfortunately, Mueller lacks the authority to make it a concrete reality. The only action he can take is to talk about the problem and maybe formally file a complaint with Rome. Not will he do the latter? Probably not. Fundamentally, this is no different than what is happening in America, with public unrepentant sinners being given cover to receive the Eucharist on Sunday. And that cover is provided by Rome and by high-profile bishops who dither away on other topics instead of trying to defend the integrity of the sacrament and the teaching of the church in the face of open rejection of magisterial authority. This is a far worse example of schismatic behavior than anything we have seen since the Council, for this involves a clear rejection of the constant teaching of the fathers of the church on the holiest of holies. Numerous of the fathers have spoken about this, but I'll just focus on one, a quote from St. John Chrysostom, one of the great desert fathers, and he has been making the rounds in the past week, and it is a doozy. To all bishops and priests who offer the Eucharist to unrepentant sinners, St. John Chrysostom says in this lengthy quote, Quote, I speak not only to the communicant, but I also say to the priest who ministers the sacrament, distribute this gift with much care. There is no small consequence for you if being conscious of any wickedness in any man, you allow him to partake of the banquet of the table. If some public figure or some wealthy person who is unworthy presents himself to receive Holy Communion, forbid him. The authority that you have is greater than his. Consider if your task were to guard a clean spring of water for a flock and you saw a sheep approach with mire on its mouth, you would not allow it to stoop down and pollute the stream. You are now entrusted with a spring, not of water, but of blood and of spirit. If you see someone having sin in his heart, which is far more grievous than earth and mire, coming to receive the Eucharist, are you not concerned? Do you try to prevent him? What excuse can you have if you do not? God has honored you with the dignity of the priesthood, that you might discern these things. This is not to say that you should go about clothed in a white and shining vestment, but this is your office. This is your safety. This is your whole crown. You ask how you should know which individual is unworthy to receive. I'm speaking here not of some unknown sinner, but of a notorious one. St. John Chrysostom, one of the great saints of the church whose words are not acceptable to the ears of the world today, 
on a great many topics, say that he is not talking about those who have become involuntarily under the possession of a demon, but of actual sinners. The public sinner in our rank is among one of the great scourges for the church. And he goes on, quote, Let no one communicate who is not of the disciples. Let no Judas receive, lest he suffer the fate of Judas. This multitude also is Christ's body. Take heed, therefore, you that minister at the ministries, lest you provoke the Lord. If someone who is not a disciple, through ignorance, comes to communion, do not be afraid to forbid him. Fear God, not man. If you fear man, you will be scorned and laughed at even by him. But if you fear God, you will be an object of respect even to men. But if you cannot do it, bring that sinner to me, for I will not allow anyone to dare to do these things. If, however, a sinful person receives communion, and you did not know his character, you are not to blame. I say the things above concerning only those who sin openly. For if we amend these, God will speedily reveal to us the unknown also. But if we let these flagrant actions continue, how can we expect him to make manifest those that are hidden? I say these things not to repel sinners or cut them off, but I say it in order that we may bring them to repentance and bring them back, so that we may take care of them. For thus we shall both please God and lead many to receive worthily, and for our diligence and for our care for others we will receive a great reward. May we attain that reward by the grace and love that God gives to man through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom be glory, world without end. Amen. End quote. And that is what is at stake here. Not unfounded pride among Catholics, not arrogance, as the German priest said, but the salvation of souls, both for those priests and bishops involved and for those who would illicitly receive our Lord. The Eucharist is not a participation trophy reserved only for Catholics, but rather a divine intervention in our lives, only available to those whose lives are ready for that divine life to dwell within them. And that should require being in a state of grace, and it does. And that precludes the acolytes of Luther and Calvin from receiving, for heresy and schism extinguish that divine light. The German bishops and priests should take note of that. For as one ancient pope formally taught infallibly that salvation requires all human beings to be under the pastoral care of the Roman pontiff, the ancient pope said that long before Luther was born, and it remains true today. I honestly wish someone in Rome would do something about this, but at least for now it looks like nothing will be done. We have seen this story play out time and again. Even the German bishops say in Mr. Penton's article that this is not an unusual practice, meaning that the bishops of Germany have been in de facto schism for quite some time. If you are a Catholic in Germany and you're watching this, let me know in the comments what it is like in Germany and how you receive the sacraments. I'm going to explore a concept later relating to Germany, and hopefully next week we'll see how things go. And that issue is whether the church tax in Germany is a form of simony. You might think that those are unrelated, and I do know what simony is. But I've learned some things about what goes on in Germany, mostly from people in the comments, actually. So thank you for the people who uh, tipped me off on this. So just keep an eye out for that. And until then, let me know what your thoughts on all of this is in the comments below. I have a diff different topic to cover tomorrow relating to Catholic prophecy of the obscuring of the church in the final days. So watch for that. Until then, like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you never miss a beat. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.